An orphan, a soldier, a survivor, a child. Today we take a look at First They Killed My Father. Good whatever time it is you're listening to this. Morning is what I'll say because it's 10 a.m. here right now. I'm your host, Jazzy, and welcome to another episode of Before the Script. We had a brief hiatus last weekend, but we're back. And today's episode will actually have more information about the main character's life after the events in the movie, but we'll still go over what really happened and what led up to these events. Also, I'm going to try to my best to properly pronounce names and locations in the story, but if I butcher anything, forgive me. So the story takes place in Cambodia in 1975, and first we have to go back to the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was officially fought between North Vietnam and South Vietnam, but the conflict also poured over into Laos and Cambodia. Cambodia was officially a neutral country. Despite that, the People's Army of Vietnam, or PAVN for short, and the Viet Cong established bases in Cambodia. For anyone who doesn't know, the Viet Cong, which I'll refer to as VC from here on out, were a communist army specializing in guerrilla tactics. The PAVN and VC fought for North Vietnam. Because North Vietnam was pro-communist, South Vietnam had the backing of anti-communist countries such as the United States. The Prince of Cambodia, Norodom Sihanouk, was convinced that North Vietnam would be successful in the war and was worried about the future of his country and their government. He wanted to remain out of the war because of this. In 1967, President Johnson hoped to convince Sihanouk to change his position by showing him locations of PAVN and VC bases inside Cambodia to change his mind. In the meantime, the Khmer Rouge was being formed in Cambodian jungles with help from the PAVN, VC, the Liberation Army from Laos, and the Chinese Communist Party. So in 1968, Sihanouk was feeling pressured into agreeing to normalize relations with the Americans, and he caved. He worked with someone named Lon Knoll, who was a pro-United States general, to reopen diplomatic relations with the U.S. This turned out to be largely for nothing, for him, because when President Nixon took office the following year, he was determined to withdraw the U.S. from Vietnam and train the South Vietnamese soldiers to be able to fight and win the war themselves. Nixon came up with what he called the madman theory, which was essentially this. If he acted like a dangerous leader who posed the threat of nuclear war, he could intimidate North Vietnam into settling the war on U.S. terms. So before the newly reopened diplomatic relations with Sihanouk were settled, Nixon decided to start the secret bombing of Cambodia to pressure Vietnam, North Vietnam, to settle the war. These U.S. bombings of Cambodia combined with protests over the PAVN troops in the country, essentially led to the Cambodian Civil War. Lan Nol, who you'll remember was the general that the prince was working with on relations between Cambodia and the U.S., actually led a coup against Prince Sihanouk. The Khmer Rouge was initially fought against Sihanouk, but once the monarchy was overthrown and Null established the Khmer Republic, the country took a pro-United States outlook. The Khmer Rouge then turned its support towards Prince Sihanouk, who was tolerant of the PAVN presence in the country. 
The Cambodian Civil War lasted from 1970 to 1975 and resulted in the Khmer Rouge overthrowing the Khmer Republic and establishing Cambodia as Democratic Kampuchea. And that brings us up to the events in the movie. But first, a brief ad. Do you want to keep up with the latest in sports news and commentary from a fresh perspective? JD Sports Corner is a website that covers the NFL, NBA, WNBA, NHL, World Cup, and the Olympics, with new articles published regularly to give you your year-round fix of sports news. So if you're tired of getting your sports news from the same old commentators, pop over to jdsportscorner.com. That's J-D-S-P-O-R-T-S corner.com. Thank me later. And now, back to the show. So the movie centers a little girl named Loong Um. She was a five-year-old daughter of a high-ranking military officer living in Phnom Penh, the capital of Cambodia. She had six siblings and lived an overall carefree life in a financially well-off family. In the movie, you see Loong outside playing with friends when trucks of Khmer Rouge troops drive into the neighborhood and start forcing the people to evacuate. And that's exactly what happened. Luong's family gathered what personal belongings they could and evacuated with the other families. The family piled into their truck and drove as far as they could until the truck ran out of gas. When that happened, they gathered what they could carry and walked the rest of the way with the evacuees. It would take seven days to get to Bat Duong, where they were headed, which is a town in central Cambodia. Along the way, they had to stop at night to search for food and rest. There was also a major checkpoint. In the movie, you see Luong's parents discuss her father's fear that they would find out he worked for the government. And that's true as well. The Khmer Rouge felt that former government employees and citizens with more education posed a risk to their new government. So at this checkpoint, Luong's father said that he was just a worker claiming that they were a family of peasants. They were fortunate enough to make it through. On the last day of the seven-day walk, Luong's uncle found them and took them to his village to stay. But after a few months, they had to leave. This part differs from the movie. In the movie, you see the uncle and his wife arguing about how the family could no longer stay with them because if anyone found out who Luong's dad was, they'd all be in trouble. But that's not what happened. Luong's father was actually worried that some of the evacuees who were just arriving from their hometown would recognize him and turn him in. He made arrangements for his family to be taken to Badambang, a large city in Cambodia where Luong's grandmother lived. But soldiers captured them and took them to Ang Lung Khmer. They stayed there for five months, but as we saw in the movie, Luong's father was in constant fear of being found out due to one of the new arrivals identifying him. He begged for his family to be moved, and so they were relocated to Roliop. This is where most of the story takes place in the film. This is where the family loses all of their clothing and is forced to wear all black and cut their hair. This is where Luong also loses her pretty red dress that we see being taken away in the movie. The family stayed there for a year and a half. The movie doesn't make this distinction clear, but there were already families living in the village and they looked down upon the evacuees. They were referred to as face people 
and were mostly farmers who couldn't read or write. They were considered model citizens who had not been corrupted by Western civilization. The evacuees who arrived were looked down upon by the base people for their love of money and possessions. In Roli Up, the families began work as farmers, growing food for the whole community, though they were fed very little. They worked long hours and many people starved. This is also where Luong's three oldest siblings were taken away and sent to other labor camps. This happened only a few months after their arrival there. As in the movie, Luong's 14-year-old sister, Kiev, died six months after being taken to a different camp from food poisoning while working there. Just four months after that, Luong's father was taken away by two soldiers. They stated that he was needed to help free a stuck wagon. In the movie, he said his goodbyes and it seemed as if he knew that he would not be returning, as if his fears had come true and he had been found out. And like in the movie, he never did return to camp after he left. The rest of the family, Luong, her mother, and her remaining three siblings, continued to live there and work for the next five months. What is unseen in the movie is that the two eldest brothers would come back to the village and bring the family food from their camps to keep them from starvation. The youngest of her brothers also did sneak into the cornfields at night to bring the family what corn he could get, as seen in the movie. One night, Luong's mother sent the eldest remaining children away after a family near them disappeared. The youngest child was only around four at the time, so she remained at the camp with their mother. She told them to pretend they were orphans and never to come back. They did as they were told, though her brother separated from them and went to another camp. Luong and her sister went to another camp where they were taken in and started to recover their strength from larger food portions at this camp. This is where Luong and her sister Chao get separated when Luong was sent to a child soldier camp while Chu stayed. They were separated for a year and a half as Luong learned how to fight in war. This is where you see in the movie that she learns hand-to-hand -hand combat, how to set traps, and how to plant landmines. Luong also snuck away from camp one night and went to visit her mother and youngest sister. This is different than the movie, as they posed as a daytime visit that she snuck off to when told to spend a couple of hours with her sister Chu. But like in the movie, she arrived to find her mother's hut empty, yet still containing their belongings, and was told by a neighbor that soldiers came for them. They were never seen or heard from again, either. In early 1979, Luong and her siblings were forced to flee their camps due to mortar explosions. Her brother and sister found her as they were fleeing, and they headed to a refugee camp, where they reunited with their oldest two brothers, who had also fled from their camps. That is where the movie ends, but this is far from where the story ends for Luong. The refugee camp they were in was controlled by Vietnamese troops, so it would sometimes be attacked by Khmer Rouge soldiers. So in April of 1979, the newly reunited siblings left the camp to head back to Bat Luong, where they briefly stayed with their uncle when this all started. There, the oldest brother, Mong, married a woman named Aeong, who had also been separated from her family. They learned that Aeong's family was safe in Vietnam and went to visit them. 
Their plan was to escape to the U.S. by first entering Vietnam and traveling by boat to Thailand from there, fleeing to the U.S. from Thailand. Unfortunately, when Mong returned, he let the family know that he could only take one of them with him. He chose Luong, and they went back to Vietnam to Ong's family. After months of waiting at a refugee camp in Thailand, they received sponsorship from the Catholic Church. Luong spent the rest of her childhood in Vermont learning English, attending school, caring for Mong and Ayong's daughters, and developing a love of reading. Mong sent home care packages and money to their family that remained in Cambodia. Luong also struggled with depression and attempted suicide due to the trauma she faced in Cambodia. She then began writing her life story as just a high school student and has stated that it was therapeutic. In 1989, while in college, she reunited with her youngest brother who escaped to France. She later graduated with a BA in political science and in 1995, she was able to take a trip back to Cambodia to visit the family that remained there. Becoming an activist was something that had become a goal of Luong, and in 96, she joined the Vietnam Veterans of America Foundation, or the VVAF. The VVAF is a nonprofit human services organization. Their goal was to help Vietnam veterans and their families gain access to the resources needed to physically, emotionally, and financially recover from the war. From 97 to 2005, she was also the spokesperson for the Campaign for a Landmine-Free World, a project of the international campaign to ban landmines. Her book, First They Killed My Father, received the Asian Pacific American Librarians Association Award in 2001 and has been translated into 15 languages. She also wrote a book entitled Lulu in the Sky, A Daughter of Cambodia Reunites with the Sister She Left Behind, in which she chronicles life after leaving Cambodia. She has also spoken at numerous schools and organizations and made dozens of trips back to Cambodia. She's held a memorial for her parents and siblings that were lost to the Khmer Rouge rule and continues to speak on behalf of human rights and in an effort to help those who have lived through a trauma. We'll end with a quote from Luang Un. To all the survivors out there, I want them to know that we are stronger and more resilient than we ever knew. We survived, that should be enough, but it isn't. We must work hard to become whole again, to fill our soul with love and inspiration, to live the life that was intended for us before it was disrupted by war and horrors, and help rebuild a world that is better than the one we had just left. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Before the Script. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For those of you wondering, the film was directed by Angelina Jolie and is available for streaming on that major streaming app that just lost a ton of its subscribers. I'm not name dropping though. <laughs> for questions or suggestions, you can email me at jazzycasts at gmail.com. That's J-A-Z-Z-Y-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Enjoy your week. <laughs>